This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 1. Fanboy Special Edition, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 1. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I am here with Josh Flanagan. 
Hello, partner. And we are here discussing the first season of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. This is a special edition show. It is taking the place this month of our regularly scheduled Talksplode show because of scheduling issues and producing time issues. We're, we're dropping this one in instead. This is like a preview because we don't normally discuss TV shows for a variety of reasons. It's, it's a lot of work because there's a lot of hours to watch and all watch them at the same time. It's, it's a lot of coordinating. But it is our next stretch goal at Patreon, for now anyway. So this is like a preview of what you'd get if we hit our next stretch goal, which is talk about more of these shows that come out seemingly every week based on comic book properties. And this was the most recent one from Disney Plus and Marvel Studios. And there'll be spoilers. So if for some reason you haven't watched the show and are listening to this show, you're out of luck. Although most people don't seem to care anymore. I do, though. Josh? <laughs> you care. That's what you do. I do care. That's your thing. I don't care about anything. You watch this, which is unusual. Cause you, well, actually, you do watch all the Marvel ones. I've seen most of them. I didn't finish. Yeah. I you didn't watch, watch Miss Marvel. I didn't. Not really you, you on purpose, though. You didn't finish Moon Knight. No, that was bad. But you watched the other ones. You watched Hawkeye and I finished Loki. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think. I liked that a lot. I finished Loki, but I, yeah. well, maybe I watched the first couple and the last couple. I'm not entirely sure I watched all of it. I think that's what you did. You, you skipped to the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually, it's interesting, is that I didn't, I hadn't planned to watch, I, I have by the way, just for the record, I haven't watched the werewolf one, which oh, is I just either. a movie, apparently. I know either. You know, Josh, do you get excited about these anymore? I was like, I, I don't know. If I miss it, then there's another three of them that build up, so it's not like they're super special anymore. Right. And I, I kind of, I kind of just wasn't thinking about it. And a, a friend of mine, who's my, my friend who mentions these things to me, asked about it, and I, I kind of just put one on one night without really any expectations or thought like i was just like well i'll look at this now and from the first episode i thought oh that's really interesting because it was very much its own thing separate Mm -hmm. from i think the other shows and also i felt in a way it was very true to the spirit of the comic books and the comic book character. Now, now Jen Walters has been portrayed in all sorts of ways by lots of different writers and in different stories. But there's something that I am going to, at this point, until we figure it out while we talk about it, there's mm-hmm. an indefinable quality to that character that almost doesn't even fit in with all of that Marvel stuff. But I think that they threaded a needle and they, you know, they took in some of the... I don't remember the Burn series all that well, but I know it's pretty self-referential and yes, post-modern. Yeah. And they were doing that a lot. I thought, oh, that's really interesting. So, yeah, I, I, I started, and I was kind of like, oh, this is good. Not only that, I told my wife, I was like, I, I think you might like this. <laughs> and then she started watching it, and then we, we, she caught up with me, and we, we watched it together the last few episodes. It didn't hurt that they were basically half-hour episodes. Always, always nice. Also, they hit a home run with Tatiana Maslany, who plays Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, who is a terrific actress. She's an Emmy-winning actress. She won an Emmy for from Black. She was terrific on, uh, on Perry Mason. And anytime she shows up, she's great. And I mean, when she first announced this cast, she's a tiny little person. Yeah. Which actually makes the contrast between her when she's in her She-Hulk form even bigger. Because she's just like a little tiny person. But she can run the gamut of all the motions you need. And She-Hulk was primarily a sitcom-ish setup of... It's called She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And she was, it, was, it was, you know, about her being an attorney as much as anything else. But, you know, it dealt with some heavy stuff and her being, you know, attacked for being a woman and gaslit and all the things that happened to women online was portrayed here. And so she got to sort of, you know, play a lot of different angles with She-Hulk here. And you had an actress who really could handle all that stuff very convincingly and still be incredibly charming and funny and convincing as her Hulk self, 
you know i thought it was terrific i really liked the show a lot this is yeah, one of my favorite too. ones that we that they've i've seen all of them and it's I haven't really thought about the ranking. I don't really want to do that here, but no, it's certainly in the top, you know, section. It's it was incredibly fun. I was looking forward to it every week, and you know, it wasn't perfect. There were things about it that didn't necessarily sure. work, but overall, I was always happy when it was on. I was happy when it finished. There was a couple of episodes that are really terrific. I thought they re- used the guest stars really well, and you know. It's almost not worth saying there were complaints online because there's always complaints online. But I thought the CG was even. So can I good. actually? I want to address that really quickly. Is that I think the first thing I noticed. I think probably the point where I I noticed that it was a thing that existed because I hear that things will come out and I don't pay attention to what it is. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, oh, this is already out. And I'm like, oh, okay. I saw something that like I don't know. Like it was like fifty percent on right. IMDb or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem right. And then I'm watching it, and somebody somebody said, like, oh, man, people just hate the CGI. And I was like, really? Like, yeah. I just didn't – and then I went, and I, I, again, I asked my friend, I was like, is it is it the men on the internet doing that <laughs> thing? And he's like, yeah, that's what it is. Like, oh, okay. So that means it's probably worth watching. Yeah, on the overall reaction, yes. I think, I think there were certainly a lot of people who complained about the CGI who didn't have gender-based agendas. But my counter to that is it's, it's, a, it's a weekly show. Like, when you're watching – the Avengers movie and the Hulk is in it, you're seeing the output of a year's worth of right. CG work. Whereas you have to take everything what it is. You know, people used to complain all the time about like Smallville's effects. Like, yeah, it's a right. TV show with a low budget. Like just accept what it is and enjoy it in the context of what it is and not what it isn't. And what this oh. show isn't is a $200 million movie that they've spent four years working on. This is a weekly TV show. So I thought it was, I thought it looked great in that context. Just now, I was trying. I didn't really understand the extent of the CGI issues, but just now, I was trying to look up how they did it so that mm-hmm. when I came on this show, I didn't start talking and, and everyone's like, We all know how this is, and you don't, and you're not right. prepared. So I was looking, but like everything I pulled up was about how it was bad. Like in the independent, the problem with the CGI. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, like the showrunner really hadn't thought about the CGI until later, how they would do it. And what I thought watching it was like, I guess I can kind of see what they're talking about, except it doesn't matter. Right. Because you're talking about, did the acting of the character come through and was it able to tell the story? Did did it make you feel what you're supposed to when you saw it? And I thought the figure was great. I thought yeah. that the She-Hulk figure, I was like, that's, ex- that's exactly how I would do it. Now, could it be polished up a little more? I guess. Anything can, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, maybe it's just because you and I came through real bad CG. I don't right. even know what bad CG is anymore. Well, my, my only complaint would be like that her hair never really moved. But that's so minor. Who cares? Right. Whatever. So, like the point, like you said, the point is, did the character come through? And I thought she was, you know, great as She-Hulk. They had a whole situation with dots on her face, and she was on the set doing it and motion capturing and everything. And I thought, from that point of view, from getting across her character through this, she's basically CG. Let's say sixty percent of the time, seventy percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It was never a point where I was like, "What is she trying to do here? What is her emotion?" Like it was always there on the screen. So. I thought it was a success in that sense. I mean, this is a weekly TV show. Mm-hmm. I mean, let, they don't listen. have a year I, for this. I know She-Hulk. I've been reading She-Hulk comics for most of my life, and I was like, "Oh, cool! That looks like She-Hulk. Like she <laughs> looked awesome. Like I really and I liked their proportions. I like how they that you know there's lots of different ways that you can and they did it kind of straight up. She just looked like a tall, relatively muscular woman." Yeah, you know who was green or whatever, but yeah, no, I mean, was it? I'm assuming it was motion capture. Yeah, they had a rig on her, 
that would capture her face and the dots on her face so they could capture that. And it's a whole rig that she had to wear in her shoulders mm-hmm. for while she acted, which makes it even harder, which makes it even more impressive that she was doing such a good yeah. job. Yeah. So what's interesting about the show itself, it was created by Kat Koiro and Ovelia. So the first episode, which I think was the weakest one, where they have the whole origin and the whole, and she yes. with, her, with the Hulk and everything. That was meant to be mid-season. We meet her already hulked out, and then we oh, find I out her it. origin in the middle. And then Marvel said, no, you got to move this origin to the top because people don't know who she is. And they're going to get all confused. So it was a little bit weird because it wasn't meant to be the kickoff episode. And it was a little bit more like a kind of a hangout. It, I tell people all the time who complained about the first one, like, get past that one. And then it really kicks off episode two, which was meant to be the first episode originally anyway. I think it was a mistake, but I get why they did it. I really like Mark Ruffalo, but it also I found myself every time it showed, I was like, you know, the Hulk doesn't stay as one thing. He could go back to regular Hulk sometime. Yeah, I don't like Hulk as he currently exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't mind it for a bit, but I don't, like, I, I would like some regular Hulk back or at least do something else. Hulk, you know, would, cool. Hulk doesn't need glasses. No. Hulk doesn't have his eyes aren't weak because he's the Hulk. Like nothing about him. In which is, case, then he would be a poser for fashion, which is almost worse. Right. So like when he walked in wearing glasses, I was like Hulk doesn't need glasses. His eyesight's perfect. So like maybe Bruce Banner does, but when he goes and turns into Hulk, he doesn't need him anymore. Like so that's it's stuff like that. Like they're they're leaning into like stoner, you know, like pacifist Hulk, and it's just not fun. I don't like this Hulk. I don't mind a bit of it. I think. As we got through, was it Endgame or whatever? You know, yep. fine. That was his thing for that. I didn't think it was going to stay like this forever. And I'm like, ugh, it's less fun. Yeah, I mean, I love Ruffalo. And I love him yes. as Banner. I love Hulk, but uh, I liked early Hulk better than current Hulk. I just don't. I'm not into it. So here was the thing that I thought as I was watching it. When we talk yep. about that fourth wall issue, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times they were skating right up against the edge of too much. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes like she would talk to the camera or do whatever, and I would wince, and I thought, nah, it's just okay, but it's right on the edge for me, mm-hmm. and because I, I know it's part of it. So it, as a rule, I don't love it. Uh, in general, I mean, in this, I see why it's there. I thought it fit. It also kept this different from the other shows, made it its own thing. But like I said, it was it was right on the edge for me. It was almost too much, which is feel is is really more of a subjective than objective thing. Yeah, I think I, I want to leave the the final episode discussion until later, but I think that's where it gets interesting. But I mm-hmm. I always liked yeah. it. I thought, I thought it was the occasion for lots of good jokes. The Burn Shield was fourth wall breaking. There was like an allusion to it in the recent Rainbow Rowell book. It wasn't, she didn't quite break the fourth wall, but it was kind of a look she gave to the camera. Like that's her thing, mm-hmm. right? She, she kind of knows there's an audience. It's, you know, don't think about it too hard. Right. And I don't mind that because that's, that's her character. And it, look, there's a million movies. There's a million shows. It allows different tones and different stories to be told. Yeah. Deadpool I think does that's it. Exactly She-Hulk does it. it. That's about it. That's all, all you want, really. And I, I think that that's really the big point is that if, if folks didn't like it, like, it's like this. And it's like, well, it shouldn't all be the same. And I think that's one of the things that I really liked about it. I was like, this is its own thing. It's more than almost any of the shows. Yes. It was its own thing that if you, you couldn't stick this right into an Avengers movie, most of the other shows you could. And I think that that's interesting because there's comics like that. If I have to think about like, well, what is it that I like about, you know, like a month of Marvel comics? Well, there's going to be a couple of wacky ones. There's going to be a couple of funny ones. And technically they're all in the same universe, but you don't want them to. So if we're going to remake comic books in movies and TV, then you have to accept the fact that it's both a shared universe and things have different tones. 
And, you know, we've talked about this in comics a lot. A lot of times making an experiment and doing something different doesn't always 100% work, but it's sometimes better than not having done anything at all and just sticking with the same formula. Yeah, I mean, there's just too many things. If, if every one of these shows and every one of the movies had the same tone, mm-hmm. and I like the Marvel tone quite a bit. I was just watching sure, Winter Soldier sure. yesterday. Like, it was on TV and I got sucked back into it. But, like, you know, I like that this show is different than, than Falcon the Winter Soldier. I like that Miss Marvel is different than Loki. You know, I like, I like that they mm-hmm. have different points of view and tones and things. I don't always think they're successful. I didn't really like Loki, but yeah. I applaud them for giving them their own identities and, and trying to stay true to the characters in that sense. And this was true to She-Hulk. What was fun about this was, you know, there was kind of a through line. You know, there was kind of this menace to her, to her happening in the background. But for the most part, it was these like self-contained episodes that allowed her to, to do different stories and have different guest stars. If there's another criticism I have of the show, it, it's not really the show's criticism. It's something that Marvel Studios in general has a problem with, is that they tend to toss away their villains. You know, so like the Wrecking Crew gets totally neutered here. They're not really the Wrecking Crew. They're not really a threat. They're kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, it's just something Marvel does with their like second tier or, or non non marquee villains is they kind of make them into silly jokes, and then they're they're not useful in the story anymore. These characters could have been just anybody and worked just as well, and not been Wrecker and Thunderball, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I have to think that kind of. I don't know, maybe the thought is, like, we have so many of these, we're not going to keep all of them for, I don't, I don't know, like, like they can't all be precious, and I, mm-hmm. I respect that. And, of course, we have, you know, our own, you know, expectations and, and subjective sort of, like, well, Wrecker's great, you know. <laughs> right. But most Maybe most people don't care, you know, about, about it in that way. Right. But, you know, it's the same thing, like, in, in Black Widow, I was like, I can't believe that that's what they did for Taskmaster. Right. You know, like I, like I'm still, I'm still annoyed by it. And there's others like that, but it's, it's also in my. I also remind myself, like, there's no shortage <laughs> of of villains, you know, mm-hmm. that can be used, and there's always be some, and they won't always be hits. And again, that happens in comics too. Yeah, at sure. the same time, as I watched this, and the whole time I was like, that's not Titania, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, like, it's true. I get what they're doing. They said, oh, we'll have a, an evil social media influencer. She's apparently super strong. We don't really know how, where she comes from, or whatever. Whatever. You know, try it out. So that was okay. I mean, I just felt like, because she was somewhat formidable, even if it was more societally than she was physically. Right. You know, but it was just like, oh, here's the director. There's just a bunch of idiots in an alleyway who pose no threat whatsoever to her. And I was just kind of like, well, all right, fine. I didn't even catch that that was supposed to be the wrecking crew for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did really like Tim Roth's. Zen guru abomination. Right. So that's another example of like, wow, you really did that character a lot differently than you have to. But it's also kind of like, all right, way to go for it. I don't know. I'm not like, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure if it's totally worth it, but it's like Ben Kingsley's man, uh, Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah. Which turned out not to be the Mandarin. So that kind of worked, but. Well, I mean, he can, he can also very easily pivot out of this too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was also interesting to see how they tried to fit in the original Hulk movie, which you know no one ever thinks about as being an MCU movie, but is. Yes, that's surprising. Oh, here, so we're going to mention the fight in Harlem. We're going to have Tim Roth come back to Abomination. Like, we're just going to do it. But I thought he was really funny. I thought his whole episode yeah. where he led the, you know, the, the sort of rehab center 
I thought that was funny. That was one of my favorite episodes. I also liked that you did have this hanging suspense of, is he actually going to turn back? Right. You know, and then in the in the finale, you know, they give it to you again. You're like, okay, there it is. And he's like, nope, no, it's not. So he needs some cash. Right. That they that one actually it. really got my wife. She was all annoyed that because she really liked him. She's like, oh, no, right. he's bad. And then, and then she's like, oh, good. He's not bad. He's just annoyed. Right. He's just a, no idea what's going on. But he was great. I thought he was great. Now the question becomes, is it too much Wong? I mean, we have that problem everywhere. I don't know if it's a problem. I really like him. I like the actor playing the character, Wong right. as Wong, as right. it were. Yes. You know, just the one episode with The Sopranos would have been enough. Right. I think. But at the same time, you know, say that somebody comes out and they do a 6-8 issue comic book miniseries. They bring in some other person. In that series, that character is going to be there. It's, you know, it's putting people in a room and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if the next season is that and they don't pull a different person in, you know, maybe not as good. But I'm going to go with no, it's not too much. I don't think it's too much yet. I really enjoyed him in the show. Yes. But I think we could be getting there. Like, it's like a lot of Wong. <laughs> we all love Wong. So when he just shows up, we're like, hey, Wong. But then they keep, they keep pressing the button. Like, it's so easy mm-hmm. to get the audience yes. on their side to add yes. Wong. And they keep pressing it and pressing it and pressing it. Eventually, well, we're going to need f- more and more Wong. And then we'll be Wong He was a out. fairly minor character who then got a much bigger role. Maybe because he's the one who's available. Right. <laughs> so, right. Sorry, but, you know, big stars. I don't know. Like, I, I think if, if we're enjoying him, he's showing up, there might be a chance where that changes over. That does remind me, though, of a... Because uh, I was trying to remember, like, what are the specifics? Because it's been a month or so. And one of the things that I really appreciated from early on was there was a, there were a series of jokes where I thought, boy, that's not for a lot of people. <laughs> there was uh, – it was like a very basic one at the, at the beginning. It was when Wong was watching The Sopranos with the girl. Madison. Yeah, they showed it was long-term parking. Like, that was the name of the episode. Yeah. And, and, I, and I go, oh, that's the one where they kill Adriana. And, like, later <laughs> they were like, oh, this is the one where they kill Adriana. I was like, no, well played. Like, they didn't <laughs> let that detail go. Then right. at some point, I don't remember the context, but Jen turns to the camera, is talking about something. And she said, like, I don't want to get stuffed into a fridge. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That, unless you're a comic book reader who read Gail Simone's CBR column, well, that phrase has sort of seeped into the greater pop culture nerd world. It's fairly Maybe, common. Maybe, but... It has. But I, I see it in, in those blogs and stuff. It's, it's But it's still, certainly not something that someone who doesn't go right. to pop culture blogs would know, for sure. Right, but yeah. also wouldn't really... I mean, wouldn't really even know what it means, but like, I'm like... <laughs> I was talking to Lizzie, I was like, I know the guy who put that girl in that fridge. <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> What you're just touching on, though, it was just, it was a delightful show. It was. We often use that descriptor, but it really was. It was a lot of fun. Even when an episode didn't necessarily work as well as others or sequences or scenes or whatever, it was delightful. I I thought her little friend group at the law firm that she grew into was fun. Her her assistant, Nikki... And then they added yeah. the they added the other woman and the the guy and they had like a little little squad. I like like that whole group and it was so fun. What was the deal with the other lawyer who was like, "I won't be friends with you. I'm not like I didn't quite get if that was like a reference to a different character or which was one? That just like the quirk of that person, the the black lady who was the lawyer. Well, she ended up becoming her friend by the end, sort of, but she still wouldn't kind of admit to it. Like it was a different thing, right? But. 
It was just yeah, that weird, was she had to sort of win her over. I like even though you know none of those courtroom scenes would pass any sort of legal scrutiny. They were still fun no. to watch, and sure. it's not really the point. It's not a, it's not like the point of it being no. super accurate. You know, I'm not yeah. super worried about the legal accuracies of it. It's just it's more about the confrontations that are happening in the courtroom. And you know, there was also a lot of, from what I was told. You know, a lot of really trenchant stuff about being a woman in a, in a man's world. And, right. you know, the part where she's yeah. like, I'm always angry and afraid. That's my mm-hmm. default setting when she's talking to her, to Bruce about how to turn it out of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the stuff was good. I mean, look, I, I, there's so many of these shows. I can't watch them all. Although now the CW has got rid of all their superhero shows. Now you have slightly more time. But these are super fun. Miss mm-hmm. Marvel was really fun, although it lagged in the middle. I thought this one had no lag to it. Even episodes, no. you know, even though episodes that were maybe not as good as others were still really fun to watch. I will bring that up is that I thought that the wedding episode mm-hmm. was disjointed in mm-hmm. that I wasn't quite sure what the deal was. At first, it seemed like her friends had invited her there and she had to go, but then she got there and it was like they didn't. I was like, is she the nerd? That right. they didn't want, and then it changed again where she was She Hulk and they were happy. And earlier she said not like it was kind of all over the place, and it was just like a way to show her being awkward, but then not in public and to meet the guy. It wasn't the most like ironcladly plotted show of all no. time. No, that was the only one where I was like, I don't, I don't get it. But whatever. Yeah, it got by on charm, and it got by just. on the the actors and jokes. Like it was fun to watch, but I wouldn't. You know, you're not going to plot this on a whiteboard and be like, "Wow, they really, they seeded all this through." You know, that's just they, not they, the way t- we saw was. the whiteboard. <laughs> right, that's true. One of the best episodes. I can't remember which one it was though. It was oh, the retreat. That was the abomination one. That was Zeb Wells right. wrote that one. Yeah. Actually, I remember we watched that, and, and like this was appointment viewing. Like Lindsay yeah. would be like, "Is the new one out?" And we'd watch it together, which has never happened with a right. Marvel show or anything like you know. And I remember watching that, going, "This is really good." And then seeing the the name come up, Zeb Wells, like, "Yeah, that makes sense. Like he's great. <laughs> this is exactly the thing he'd be good at." So, the big elephant in the room, and you know, these days there's a fire hose of shows, and you have to get your name out there and you have to get your show out there and you have to get people excited. So what that means nothing gets left to, almost nothing gets left these days to discovery and chance and surprise. And so if you were at all paying attention, you were waiting and waiting for Daredevil to show up because that was the big pre-release teaser was Daredevil. Luckily, I wasn't paying any attention. Right. You were fine. But most other people, you know, he was in the trailer and he, you know, mm-hmm. they did tease him in the episode where she gets her suit was that his helmet was in a box. Right. And so Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil, the Netflix series, who played Daredevil in the Spider-Man film in one scene, uh, shows up here in his original red and yellow outfit. Horrible costume. It kind of worked, though. It was a little too robot I was like, Ugh. This was a lighter, sure, more fun Daredevil than the one in the Netflix series. I did like the yeah. nod to the to the hallway fight. Yeah, there was. All, I chose, I was like, Lindsay, this is a hallway fight, which was another kind of inside joke. Sneak into the warehouse, and there was all these thugs in the hallway. So Daredevil goes to fight him, and he starts to, and then <laughs> She-Hulk just takes them all out. I wondered. I was like, is this a joke? Because it was subtle as hell if it was. Because Right. I thought they had crackling chemistry. I loved everything about their relationship. 
the joke about sleeping with Daredevil in the final episode landed because they had such great chemistry in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. I hope they get to do more together. I hope that whatever they've got planned next for these characters, they get to... You know, I'm not saying they need to be in a relationship because the shows are too dis- disparate and they take place in different places. But it'd be nice to have them come back into that because they, they were really good together. And they were really fun together, too. I kept going back to when I was watching this show, I kept going back to a thing that I thought was actually at least modern, but relatively uh, radical. Is that when I talked to Rainbow Rowell, who is writing the current She-Hulk book, which mm-hmm. Very like the characters are very similar. It's the stories, the setup yep. isn't all exactly the same, but uh, there's a real like you could read that book and and have a you know connection to the show. Anyway, she said this one line when she was describing Jen Walters to me, and it stuck with mm-hmm. me. Is she said that you know she's a, a regular person, you know, unlike a lot of superheroes, like she likes to have sex, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's an interesting take on it. In that, like everybody has to act a certain way or be scared or whatever, and like she's a she's a functioning human woman, like any other adult person. There was an article that went around the nerdosphere a couple of years ago about, and I remember I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was basically the whole thesis was that you got all these pretty people and all they're all in fantastic shape and none of them have sex. It was on Bloodknife.com. Everyone is beautiful and no one is horny. It was a great article. Mm-hmm. And I think about it a lot. Like, I was watching the new Star Trek show. And Star Trek was all about sex in the 60s. Right. And the new one that takes place in the same era, no one's having sex. And no one's even flirting. And I'm like, there's something wrong with this. And that's what it is. It's refreshing to have a character like hers where it's not a big issue. It's not like a hang-up, you know. And it's not it's, the it, focus of the show. Like, does he No, like it's not. But she's just a normal it, person. You know? And she also has sex. Right. And she enjoys it. And it's, yep. it's not like a big deal. And it's totally... It's a great observation by Rainbow Rowell. Obviously, she's... She's tuned into that character, yeah. but it's true. How many of these shows go on and on? None of these people are having sex, yeah. and none of the. I mean, I'm not talking. It needs to be a 24 hour, you know, smash fest. But I'm just saying these are characters who are all super fit and hanging out with each other. There should be a lot more sex going on on these shows. And I realize they're like all ages shows, but still. Yeah. No. And uh, yeah, it's it's com- comics community has a weird thing about it, but that's a whole other yes. discussion. But either way, I was I really liked seeing that. Uh, consistency between what she said and in the show. I thought oh, that's, that's a really interesting character trait that is you not unique. It's very normal among humans, especially you know it, it being a thing you can admit to, you know. But it didn't used to be, and and sort of bringing that to the fore and making it a regular thing. I just I was like, oh, that's really that's that's really interesting. That's 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 brave. That's what Hulks do. We smash things. Bruce smashes buildings. I smash fourth walls. Bad endings, and sometimes Matt Murdock. That was a great line. <laughs> To me, that, that episode was the highlight. I loved seeing them together. I mean, I love a good superhero team up, but it was sure. fun to see them together. And she didn't need him, like no. to beat anybody. Yeah, but she liked him. She, you know, she 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 liked him. They they got along. She he understood all the aspects of her life. You know, he's also a lawyer. You know, she doesn't have to pretend to be something else. She doesn't have to dumb herself down. You know, they showed her on all those bad dates. Guys who were awful didn't care. Like he, he got her. He got her life. He got her life as a superior. He got her life as a lawyer. He was funny. He was charming. It was a good match for her. Like the whole thing was the whole the whole season was like none of these men are a match for Jen Walters, and he was one, which was mm-hmm. good. So the final episode, it's controversial, Josh. Now I'm trying to remember exactly. So this is the one. So where... this is where she where she goes to the retreat she finds the organization that's been hounding her the whole time abominations there then the hulk this is shows the Kev- up the Kev- 
Kevin is in this though, right? That's right. where. Okay, right. So then the Hulk shows up and they're about to have a giant fight and she's like, wait a minute. And then that's where she totally breaks the fourth wall, goes to Marvel Studios and meets the writing staff, goes on the set, you know, then goes to meet Kevin Feige. And Kevin Feige's a robot. He's the robot from Wally. He ran the ship. The original plan I read was they wanted to have like somebody like George Clooney, kind of like a reverse Wizard of Oz, like someone super suave in a tuxedo with a martini. But they went the robot way. Which kind of makes sense because the, the knock on Marvel is that like doll, it's so it's very formulaic. Right. It's funny. So a lot of people didn't like it. They thought they thought it went too far. The fourth wall breaking. I wasn't quite sure how I felt. I mean, She Hulk isn't yes. a show that needed to have a giant superhero battle at the end. It didn't really make sense in the context of that show. Ultimately, I think I came down on the side of liking it. I think I'm very similar in that I thought, but I th- I think I thought it was more interesting and brave than it was good. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it was that bad, but I thought they really went for this thing because they were trying to figure out what to do, and they kind of took a detour. Like, well, right. you'd expect this, and it it felt very much to me in the spirit of something like The Sopranos ending, in mm-hmm. that you just everybody's expecting it, and you know, going, well, it's not going to be right if they do this, but that's what people want, and they just went, I'm swerving, I'm going to do a whole different thing, and it was. It's pretty extreme and audacious, but it was impressive in that. Also, I just from from a detail standpoint, one of my favorite bits was she uh, they cut and it's the like Apple TV menu screen, right? Yes, punches her way out of it, and I was like, I've never seen that. And I always right. notice when I'm watching something and I just like see a concept or an idea or thing I've never seen. I was like, that was amazing because I was like, what happened? Which is the same as the Sopranos, like every you know for the. I read seven seconds, but I think it was like 12, you know, where everybody was calling their cable company wondering what the fuck happened. And it was, it was a long time. Sort of feeling. Was no, I, well, no, in I, the, in, well, in the HBO book, it said seven seconds, but I looked it's 12. I don't think it was seven seconds. I don't know. That's a minute. why I had to check. Maybe it just felt like a I minute. don't know. I think that's the deal. It was, it was not as long as you think. Anyway, the, the point being, I, I, you know, it, it it was interesting. I was. I don't know if it was my favorite, but I also think it was very obvious. Like there couldn't be a big fight, and with starting up, you're like, "This is kind of lame and doesn't fit." And they knew it too. I also wonder right. if that was really the writers' room, and those were really the writers or not. No, uh, they no, might. There might have been some. I recognize one as an actor, but oh, I don't know. I understand the criticism of it because it was very out there and very you know breaking the illusion. But that was the whole show was that she was constantly talking to us anyway. So. I mean, if you're going to do, go that way. if you're going to do a self-referential, postmodern, we're on TV and we know it thing, you got to do it pretty well, and I think they did it well enough to get away with it. But but again, just like the fourth wall thing, I don't think it was right on the line. Like it it could have been terrible in any second. Oh sure. And like I had to be like, Lindsay, do you know who Kevin Feige is? She said no. I was like, all right, well, here's the joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's a joke that lands with. People who are really, you know, plugged into media, the world of media, or at least the world of Marvel media, you know. My mom doesn't know who Kevin Feige is. My, my brother right. doesn't know who Kevin Feige is. You started to say your sister, but you're like, she might know. <laughs> she knows, but she's okay. plugged in for her job mostly. But, like, it's still kind of funny. I mean, you, didn't, you have to necessarily know who he is because then, you know, it's just the person, the Marvel, I don't know. It, I, for me, it worked. For I mean, me, it, worked. it works without the joke. I mean, it works without knowing. It, it's fine, but. So overall, I was really happy with it. I was bummed it was over. You know, it was only... Short. Six, right? Nine episodes. Nine. Okay. But, but they're short. 
And they were short, so you know it was only really like four and a half hours. I know we're getting like we're getting like entitled with these shows, but you know that's a short run for any show. It's a bummer with that. Who knows how long? No, I mean, no, be. it was it wasn't a bummer in that like it was. It was just I, just enough, I would have happy like, with more. You know, sure, but more, but wanting more is better than wanting less. Oh sure, yeah. There was it, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, they're padding this out. You know, right? Exactly. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. I like that this show is very different than than other shows. You know, this is very, very mm-hmm. different than Moon Knight. Very, very different than Loki. Very, very different than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And that's fun. But 100% faithful to a character who's super unique. Now, yeah, you can only do this with She-Hulk. Story. You can't do this with, yeah. you know... I was going to say Jack of Hearts because that's this character that popped in my head because of She-Hulk. But, you know, pick, you pick your Marvel character at that level. You couldn't, you couldn't do a... Every character I think of is in a movie. <laughs> I don't think of a character that right. hasn't been done yet. But There's I mean, I mean, left. but even though the details of the story were not the same, it doesn't matter because the thrust of you know what it was, what the character was about, was there. Right. And that's really the, the thing. You can take these creative chances with characters who do it that way. Like you could, you wouldn't do a Luke Cage show where he busts through the screen and fight, you know, finds Kevin Feige. That just wouldn't work for mm-hmm. his character. But you do a grounded street level show like they did for Luke Cage with Luke Cage because that's the character. Like every book is different too, you know. Yeah, I liked it. I really did. Yep. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, that's the thing. If after some, however, some odd years of Marvel stuff, if every show was the same tone, it would be boring. Yes, I agree. They're not going to take as many chances with films because they're investing hundreds of millions of dollars in those. Those are going to be pretty much be the, the Marvel movie tone, but they can do that with the shows. Yeah. And that's, yep. that makes it fun, I think. And if not, why not, you know? Like and it's, I mean, not, to, not to make it a thing, but it just is a further indictment of Warner Brothers that they can do all these different fun things with these characters and they can still do them in a way that's true to their characters and true to the world. And Warner Brothers just can't get even one right. They got the show. They need their own robot. The John Cena show. Peacemaker? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really care about it, but I think it, it, was, it was at least a step in this direction where it was just they, like... They need their own um, robot. Well, they do need a robot. Well, the problem for a while was that they had like a whole lot of robots. Right. And then those robots weren't talking to each other. And then a new boss robot showed up. And then a new boss robot showed up. And then he fired three quarters <laughs> of the robots. Sure. But there were still no good robots. I, I had the same feeling, you know, way back we talked about Daredevil. We did, a, we did a podcast review of the first season of Daredevil. I'm interested to see these characters interact in that larger world mm-hmm. just because they're so different than the other ones, you know, like. Well, I can't promise it, but you're, you're going to get Wong. I know that much. <laughs> you're going to get Wong. Like, what would Jennifer Walters' reaction to Thor be, you know? Like, that would be fun. I mean. They, they fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So that was She-Hulk: Attorney at Law, season one on Disney Plus. Let's give a rating for ratings. season one. Ratings out of five. <sighs> if I'm looking at it, is it four, what were they trying to do? Four and a quarter. Four point two five. I was gonna go four. I think. I think that it, it was a really fun show. It had a little bit of problems and sort of structure and stuff, but you know, ultimately the charm of. Tatiana Maslany and the rest of the cast and Daredevil and of course we didn't even mention Mark Lynn Baker. He's always worth that. We point. should have because he was excellent in his unremitting love of his daughter and support. Yes. 
it's fantastic. What I will say is this. I'm what? just speaking now to the producers of these shows, not to you, Josh. But you can listen. Okay. I am looking. If you're going to start the, the precedent of having a little like mid-credit sequence, like in the first four episodes out of nine, you got to do them all. You got to do them I all. I agree. And don't put important stuff in those scenes, because then we're expecting it every time. And then right. they just stop. They're fucking with you. Yeah. By the way, in my mind, that is Larry Appleton. <laughs> like, that is a straight... He is in continuity. Like, he, he found love. Does Balky live right next door? He mellowed out. He could drop by at some point. I wouldn't put it past this show to have... Is he still alive? I feel oh, like yeah. I haven't seen Bronson Pinchot in some time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's in the new uh, Beverly Hills Cop movie. And he well, has to yeah, do one of those. <laughs> do you want an espresso? I make it with a lemon twist. <laughs> he's in Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley coming out next year to some streaming service somewhere, I assume. Anyway, Probably so not. I give it a 4.25. You give it a 4. You can check out the show, as we said, on Disney+. Plus. It's super fun. We enjoyed it. You can also check out Josh and I's weekly show, the Pick of the Week podcast. We talk about the week's new comic books. We also have our monthly Booksplode slash Talksplode show, which is this This was sliding into. But next month, you'll be hearing us talk about a book on our Booksplode show. And then, of course, we have a lot of special edition shows like this where we talk about all the films that come out, Black Panther and Black Adam. Any movie that has black in the title, we're, in, we're, we're there to talk about it. And we'll be ending the year this year with our all-media year and roundup. We'll be talking about a lot of TV shows and movies and things like that that we enjoyed. So all those things are happening. There's a lot going on at FMBO right now. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being a patron if you were one who unlocked this show. And if you want to hear us review more comic book superhero slash whatever shows, that's our next patron goal. Although we'll be switching up the patron goals in January. So maybe it'll be a, a different patron goal. Some other kind of patron goal you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. But until then, that's where it is. It's there right now. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. And I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Thanks for being you. All the cities that we burn, they-